Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. So good. Well, it's safe to say we are in the most comfortable church seating scenario in our entire nation today. Can I hear an amen? Your bottom has never had such a treat in its life. It is so nice in here. It actually feels like South Australia in here. The air is nice and cold. There's no humidity. It's absolutely beautiful. Hey, it is uh, what an honour and privilege it is to be here on your first Sunday in event cinemas. It doesn't look like you're going to be in this room very long because I can't see many seats. I can just see all these cute little heads bopping up over the seats up there. And uh, it looks like you're having a great time. But I'm just believing with you that this is going to be an amazing slingshot season over public church at explosive growth. People getting saved, people getting set free. That's the season that you're heading into. And uh, it's so exciting to see what God's doing. And for Hannah and I, uh, we look up to your senior pastors so much. They have played a massive role in our lives over the last couple of years. And I just want to take a moment uh, just to honour pastors Cameron and Renee Bennett for their authenticity, their integrity, your passion, your love, your investment into us. It means the world. And uh, I know there's a room full of people who'd love to honour you too. So we just thank you for stepping out in faith, making this bold declaration here today. And, um, and thanks for just being the best of believing in us and getting behind us. You know, it's it's not often you meet people who believe in you even when you don't believe in yourself. And uh, that's what I love so much about um, pastors Cam and Renee is they have an ability to pull potential out of people. They believe in people, get behind people. They got such a big spirit that just draws potential out of a room. And I know that so many of you would agree with that and uh, would have experienced it the same. So massive honor to be speaking here today on your first time in event cinemas. Someone say, woo! Woohoo! It's a woo kind of moment. So uh, I'm here with my wife, Hannah, and my little baby boy, uh, Gabriel Blaze. He is one and a half years old. Uh, he is the cutest little thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm biased, but um, when we're walking in, someone reckons that he had about a kilo's worth of fat in his cheeks, and uh, I would tend to agree. He's the cutest little boy on the planet, and we have the privilege of raising him together, which is our number one calling that we love. Uh, but as well as that, we have the privilege of leading you for life in South Australia, and we're also in a season of pioneering a new church uh, in Adelaide uh, called Nova Church, and it's something that's been on our heart for the last couple of years, and it's something that God's really pulled the trigger on, and we're just in a season of stepping out in faith and believing God, and uh, we're just believing that God wants to do something in His favourite state in Australia, South Australia. But it's good to be here in your second favourite state. You know, you've always got to have a second born, right? I'm joking. All right. I love it. But we do love South Australia. love what God's doing in Adelaide and, uh, and we're all about it. Well, who's expecting for the Word? You ready for the Word of God? I'm ready to preach to you. Why don't we pray with me and let's, uh, let's get into it. Father God, I just thank you for your Word. I thank you, Lord God, that your Word is fire today, but your Word, Father, has the ability to open up our hearts, to change our lives, Lord God. And together, we just want to come with expectation and come with faith today, Lord God, on the outset of a new season, on the outset of 2019, that, Lord Jesus, you would shift something in our hearts today, that you would shift something in our lives today, Lord God, that your fire would fall upon this Word and that we would leave different, not because we encountered a preacher, not because we encountered a cool venue, but because we encountered the name of Jesus Christ, the living God. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Hey, I don't know about you, but 
I am prone sometimes uh, to overestimating my abilities, right? Has anyone ever had that happen before? For me, particularly when it comes to coordination, right? I tend to overestimate my abilities. And for me, it started at a young age of 16. Who remembers when they got their P-plates when they were 16? Was it like the best day of your life? Uh, When I got my P-plates, my mum, she cried. And uh, I cried too, but not because I was sad, but because I was free. Come on. <laughs> but uh, she, she was there in the driveway and she was shedding a tear. And I remember thinking to myself, it's, you know, it's the first time driving with my peas. I've got to do something crazy. Like it's, you know, it's kind of like a tradition. You want to get out of the, the box and do something a little bit wild on your first drive. So I thought I'd do something a little bit crazy and a little bit out of the box. So I did something that was very unexpected. I, I did something in fact that I probably believe no other 16-year-old in our nation did on their first drive. I looked at my mum and I said, mum, get in the car. We're going to Woolworths. (laughs) It was wild, man. We got tomatoes. We got lettuce. We got the world's most disgusting food ever created. Come on, Brussels sprouts, right? We got every kind of food and we put it in the car and me and my mum are having this beautiful, tender moment of connection. It's mother to son, it's son to mother. She's thinking in her little heart, oh my gosh, my boy, he doesn't want to leave. He just wants to drive with his mother to Woolworths. This is beautiful. And uh, she's having this heart connection, but little did she know that underneath I had a, a dark motivation for taking her on that drive. See, on the way, I drove safely, but my plan was, let's get the vegetables in the boot, let's get everything together, and on the way back, let's take this thing up a level, you know? So I thought to myself, all right, we're going to hit these corners a little bit too hard. We're going to start putting the brakes on a little bit too late. And my mum, in her her beautiful uh, nasally voice, when she gets a little bit angry, she goes, Samuel, if you don't pull this car over right now, somebody's going to get hurt. You know, and when you're 16, that just eggs you on, right? Like, it's like an invitation. It's like, really? Okay, let's go. You know, I'm like, I got my P plates, P for professional, you know? So, so we keep riding around and, and I'm kind of cutting corners and hitting the lights a little bit too late. Nothing too crazy, but just enough to stir her up. And, uh, and anyway, we get home and uh, we have one of those garages that's got a button that you push and then the, you know, the door comes up. Beep, shh, you know those ones? So I pushed the button and we were rolling in and mum was, you know, speaking to me about what I, you know, how I was driving and all this stuff. And I'm laughing and I'm thinking to myself, please, seriously, I know what I'm doing, right? And as we roll into the garage, I go to put my foot on what I believe to be the brake. But it turns out that it was the accelerator, And I drove my mum's blue Commodore right through the wall of our brand new house and I landed in our living room where my brother was watching a movie and he's thinking, this surround sounds great, you know. And I just remember like all of my testosterone leaving my body, probably a little bit of wee came out, I don't know, but, but I totally flipped out. And, and I ran out the car and I, I slid down the, the door of my house in my room and I just cried and I cried and I cried. Have you ever had a moment where you overestimated your abilities? Where you had a little bit too much faith in yourself? You know, the difference is when you come to church is that 
we don't preach a message that you ought to have more faith in yourself. Because we know in life that sometimes we can have a little bit too much faith in our own abilities. No, what we preach, what we gather around is this idea that you can never have too much faith in your God. Yes, you can have too much faith in yourself, but you can never have too much faith in your God. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the amazing. He's the God of the supernatural. You can never have too much faith in your God. There's a great scripture I want to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And it says this, it says, For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. We live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. See, faith was never designed to be a moment in your life. Faith was designed to be a lifestyle. Faith was designed to be something that we live, that we breathe, and that we walk in every single day of our lives. Faith is not a moment in your life. Faith, the Bible says, is a lifestyle. Faith is something we're meant to live in each and every day. But for a lot of us, perhaps maybe you've been in church for a while or, or maybe not, I don't know where you're at this afternoon, but what I do know is this, is that sometimes we can restrict this idea of faith to that thing we use to get saved. We restrict this idea of faith to that thing that we use to first believe in Jesus. Oh, I remember faith. I used that to get saved. But faith was never meant to stay in your salvation. Faith was meant to become a lifestyle that we live and that we breathe and that we walk in, come on, every day of our lives. I want you to imagine for a moment that faith is a car. And for a lot of us, we get in the car of faith. And maybe the first time we broke that car in, we drove that car to Salvation Town. And sometimes we weren't taught or maybe we didn't know, but we thought that's all there was to faith. So we parked that car in Salvation Town. We parked it there. We left our faith there not knowing that there was another town beyond Salvation Town called Destiny Town. That we're not just called to live our life using faith to get saved, but our faith was designed to take us into the destiny and the purpose and the call of God on our lives. Faith is not some beat up old bomb that gets you from A to B. No, faith is meant to get you from A to Z. There is no limitation on what faith can do in your God, in your life. Faith is designed to take you from A to Z. Faith gives you the power not just to sit in salvation, but to take it all the way to the core of destiny that is on your life. If your faith has gotten boring, if your, Christian, if your Christian life has gotten a bit rigid, if you're feeling this afternoon like there's something on the inside of you that just feels like, man, my, my faith isn't exciting anymore. Maybe that's because you left it at Salvation Town, not knowing that your faith could be used for so much more than just your salvation. But come on, to take you in to the eternal call and purposes of God in your life. I want you to turn to the person next to you today and tell them we're going on a road trip. We're going on a road trip. 
Hebrews 11 is perhaps the most famous chapter on faith in all of Scripture. It defines for us the nature of faith. It shows for us what a life marked by faith looks like. It describes the heroes of faith one by one, and it gives us a picture of what a life of faith can really look like. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 15 to 16 says this. It says, If their hearts were still remembering what they left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back, for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater. The first thing I want you to know about faith this afternoon is that faith leaves behind what is good because its heart is fixed on what is great. Faith leaves behind what is good because its heart is fixed on what is great. You know, a lot of the time in church, we hear about the bad things that we've got to leave behind. And you know, there's a lot of bad habits in life that we ought to leave behind. Come on, Netflix binging every night. I've got to leave that behind this year, right? There's a lot of bad things we've got to leave behind. But do you know that there is also some good things in life you've got to leave behind? But sometimes in life we get trapped in the good things and those good things can actually become the enemy of great things. One of the great forefathers of our faith, Abraham, was called by God to leave a land that he knew, to leave the place where he knew, to leave his family, his father's home behind But here's the thing, when God called Abraham to leave his country for a land he will show him, he didn't say, Abraham, leave your evil father's home and your possessed mother's land for a good land I will show you. No, there was nothing wrong with that home and there was nothing wrong with that land. It was good. But sometimes the biggest enemy of great in your life is the good in your life. Because sometimes you get so comfortable in the good that you forget to look forward to the great thing that God has for you. And here's what I know, public church is like, well, hold on a minute. What was wrong with our old venue? Wasn't that good? Yeah, it was good, but it wasn't great. Come on, sometimes we've got to leave behind the good to chase after the great. And faith builds something in you, an appetite in you, not to settle for good in your life, but to come on, to believe God for great in your life, to believe Him for the best in your life that there possibly could be. Sometimes the good in your life can become an enemy of great in your life. You know, there's good things in life sometimes that we have to leave behind. You might have a gift and you might be good at it, but you've never trained it. You've never expanded it. And that good thing has actually become an enemy of the great because you haven't trained it to become all that it could be. Maybe you're good at your job, but, but you've never gone for that promotion because you've become comfortable in the good. You've never started that business in your heart because you've become comfortable in the good. Maybe you've been coming to church and at one stage that was a great thing, but you've gotten comfortable just coming to church and you've never decided, you know what, I'm going to sink in, I'm going to serve in this next season, I'm going to give like never before. And what was once a great thing has become a good thing because it's become comfortable. See, great things become good things the moment they no longer require your faith. At one stage, maybe you walked into this church and it took all the faith you had just to walk through that door, just to shake Pastor Cameron's massive hand. 
And maybe it took all the faith you had to do that, but now you're rolling every week. You're like, hey, what's up, Pastor Cam? You know, and you're comfortable with it. You become comfortable with it. And what was once a great thing has become a good thing. Well, it's time in 2019 to get out of the good and to step into the great. What is God calling you to this year? Come on, to step out of your comfort zone and into the faith zone. What is it in your life that God's saying you got to leave behind in 2019? You know, Hannah and I, when we were leading our youth ministry in this little town called Murray Bridge, we had this conversation in our last year in Murray Bridge and it was the stupidest conversation Hannah and I have ever had in our life. In fact, I wish we could take it back because God was eavesdropping. He has a habit of doing that. I remember me and Hannah were just lying in our bed in our little flat in Murray Bridge and Hannah just turned to me. She said, oh, Sam, everything's going so well. The youth's going so well. People are getting saved. It's just, it's so good. And then she just exhaled and I said, oh, I'm just so comfortable, you know, I could do this forever. And it was like the moment those words left my mouth, God grabbed my life like a Coke bottle and he shook that thing up until it popped. Because God's plan for your life is never that you get comfortable, is never that great things become good things, is never that you settle for where you are. Come on, faith leaves behind what is good because it has a heart fixed, come on, on what is great, on what is great. I had an iPhone 6 uh, about a year ago and uh, I remember, you know, when like your phone gets so destroyed, like from, from the the frailties of life, like you've dropped it a thousand times and the, the screen's so cracked but your fingers bleed when you swipe. You know, I had that kind of phone. I mean, you haven't updated the software for so long, but it like moves slower, right, than the icebergs of Antarctica. When you go to type a text message, you've got to wait 10 minutes for the text to appear, right? That was the stage my phone was at. And I remember just toughing it out, you know, because I'm like, we, I just, I just, I can't get another phone right now. And then I remember we were hanging outside in the car park and Hannah was holding my phone and then she dropped it again. And, um, and, and this time it landed on the camera and the camera smashed too. And I remember just getting to a point where like, I just actually cannot handle this demented phone anymore, right? So, so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like I heard, I heard a rumor, I heard a whisper right, in the air that there's an iPhone X coming, an iPhone 10. Right, and, and, and I Googled it, and it's like, this is the release date. It's going to come out in September. But then Apple did this sneaky thing. They released this iPhone 8 before the iPhone 10, like two months before. And I remember thinking to myself, I just want to get the iPhone 8. I just want to get it. It's right there. It's available right now. And I resisted the temptation of the, dem- of the devil. I know you said the denemy. <laughs> the temptation of the denemy. And uh, I resisted that temptation and I waited two months while all my friends are on their iPhone 8s. And then on the day the iPhone 10 came out, I rolled into that store. I waited in line. I got to the front of that line and I said, Sir, throw this sucker in the bin from the devil. I'm getting my iPhone 10 right now, right? And there was this temptation to, to accept the immediate option that was in front of me rather than going for the ultimate option that was ahead of me. And the second thing that faith does is faith rejects the immediate because it's captured by the ultimate. Hebrews chapter 11 
Verse 26, and it's talking about Moses, it says, Moses' eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate, faith's great reward. Here's what I've found, is that faith in God's ultimate for your life will decide all of your immediates in life. If you don't know where you're going ultimately, you will never know what you are meant to do immediately. You know, the moment that Hannah and I heard from God about starting this church, we just had opportunity after opportunity open up to go and do something else. And it was like every opportunity was better than the last one. I'm not saying that to try and make us sound good. I'm just saying it because what it did is there was this immediate temptation to go after what looks so good in the immediate. But because we knew God's ultimate for our life, we said, no, not that one. No, not that one. No, not that one. My insecurity would say, do this. My fear would say, do this. Everything would say, choose this immediate. But when you know God's ultimate for your life, come on, it gets a conviction on the inside of you where you're able to decide, come on, your immediate decisions based on God's ultimate best for your life. Wow. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. Some of you here today, maybe you're basing your immediate decisions on your immediate reality. You're basing your immediate financial decisions on your immediate financial reality. You're, you're basing your immediate job decisions based on your immediate employment reality, your immediate study decisions based on that immediate reality. Maybe others, you're basing your immediate decisions on the devil's worst case scenario for your life. And, and some of you maybe have more faith in the devil's worst for your life than God's best for your life. We can't let our decisions be shaped by the immediate or by the devil's ultimate. Come on, we've got to let our decisions be shaped by God's ultimate promise for our lives. Come on, we've got to be people of conviction in 2019 that when all the temptation comes to swerve to the left and swerve to the right, come on, we are people who know that our God has an ultimate best for us and we will stand and make a decision of faith not based on what we see immediately come on but on what God has said ultimately in Jesus name we got to make decisions come on based on our God's ultimate best for our life who here believes come on that God has something ultimately good for your life this afternoon in public church I hope you do I hope you do I'll tell you what is the ultimate best Movie of all time while we're in this movie cinema this afternoon. Star Wars is the ultimate movie franchise of all time. And while we're in this setting, I just need to declare the truth to you. It is the greatest movie franchise you've ever seen. You've got a different opinion? You don't have the microphone. (laughs) Star Wars is the ultimate movie franchise. And I remember being in a cinema just like this one. When, uh, when they announced that Star Wars 7 was coming out. And I can't tell you what happened inside of me, but it was excitement like I haven't felt since my wedding day. It was an excitement that brewed on the inside of me when I knew that Star Wars 7 was coming. And I remember we rolled into the, the cinema to see Star Wars 7 
And I watched it and I just fell in love with it. In fact, I loved it so much, but I said to myself, I am going to see this movie seven times in the cinema. And so every time I came, I brought another friend with me. And the first time I went in and I saw the, the, the movie with my brother, I remember just sitting there. I literally had my hand on his knee, squeezing it in fear, right, of what was going to happen. But the second time I rolled into the cinema, I was so casual. Like, I know how this story goes. Third time I rolled in, I got my feet on the seat. I'm laughing, right? The fourth time I roll in, like I'm just more focused on the popcorn. I just want the other person there. The fifth time, the sixth time, the seventh time, I got more comfortable every time I went in. Why? Because I already knew how it ended. It changed how I experienced it in the present. I'd already been to the future of that movie and I'd pulled it into the, re- I pulled that reality into the present. And here's the third thing you've got to know about faith this afternoon is that faith travels to the future and it pulls it into the present. Hebrews 11:33, and maybe I can have the keys player join me, says this, their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. Let me say that again. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into the reality. What is the promise of God for your life? It's the future that He has for you. And you know, when you know the future promise of God for your life, for your family, for your ministry, for whatever it is, your faith should start to activate on the inside. And as you start to live according to that promise, that future, you are actively pulling that future into reality. As you start to live not according to what you see, but according to what God said, you're pulling the future He has for you into the present. I'm gonna just ask a volunteer. Lockie, you're right there, so you can come up here. Lockie Burnett, one of the best people in the world. Come on, let's give it up for Lockie. All right. Now, you can just hold the end of this incredible rope. Let's just unravel. Hold on a second. Let's imagine for a moment that Lockie represents my future. Lockie represents your future. I mean, your future is looking good this afternoon. Hello, right? It's a good looking future. You know what happens when you start to live by faith and you start to speak to your child, not according to who they are, but according to who they will be, you're pulling that future into reality. Do you know what happens when you begin to give, not according to the finances you have now, but according to the finances you're believing for, you're actually pulling that future into reality. Do you know what happens when you come on, you start to live your life in faith, not according to what you see, but according to the promise of God, you're pulling it in, you're pulling it in, you're pulling it in, and you're giving it a kiss. Your future looks good. I don't know who this word is for today. You can, you can sit down, bro. Thank you so much. I don't know who this word is for today, but maybe you can stand with me. I don't know what it is in your life, public church, but you need to believe God for again. 
I don't know what it is in your life. You need to get faith on the inside of you for today. And you say, you know what? I've been living and with my, with my, my thoughts clouded on the immediate, but today I'm making a decision to believe for God's ultimate for my life. I've been freaking out about my kids and, and I don't know whether they're going to make it, but I'm not going to speak to them anymore according to how they're behaving right now. I'm going to speak life over their future in Jesus' Name. I don't, look, I don't know how my finances look right now, but I'm not going to speak to how they look right now. Come on, I'm going to speak God's ultimate reality over them in Jesus' Name. I don't know what it is for you, but perhaps you could stand to your feet with me around this place this afternoon. All around this place. And I just want to believe public church that this afternoon at event cinemas, God is going to ignite a gift of faith for 2019 on the inside of you. That when you're tempted to swerve to the left or to the right, the faith in God's ultimate for your life is going to rise up and activate. And that this would be a year where the promises of God are pulled into your life because you understand that your God has an ultimate best for you. So come on, right around this place, why don't you close your eyes with me? And if you would receive this this afternoon, if you would say, Sam, I, I wanna believe for that gift of faith in God's ultimate on my life, there's some things that I've been looking at in my life and I've been speaking to them according to how they are, not according to what God said they could be. And today, Sam, I just make a decision to speak with faith, to believe with faith. Come on, if that's you, would you lift your hands to heaven with me right around this place and we are gonna pray together. Wow, yeah, 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 that's amazing. We're gonna pray together and we're gonna speak a prayer of faith over your life this year. Faith that good things are going to great things in Jesus' Name. Come on, faith that what has been an immediate temptation is going to be overcome by God's ultimate reality in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you can pray, I want you to pray and open up your mouth right now and begin to confess faith over your life and over your children and over your world, your ministry and your finances and your job right now in Jesus' Name. Lord God, I thank You for a gift of faith coming on public church today. I thank You, Lord God, for faith in Your ultimate promise for every individual, for every life, for every family, for every season. And Lord God, we declare it, we speak it, we say it's anointed, we say it's now.